0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next installment of our Empowered Leaders Membership Group. Today, we're talking about the cost shift, uh, so really the perks to price, changing perks to price. So obviously, you you could tell this is an audio clip again. Uh, I fully intended to be back with you doing a video. However, based on my schedule and different things, uh, my flight got changed. I was supposed to be home at an earlier time to record this for you. And so here I am in the airport, kind of in a little cubby hole, uh, trying to record this for you. Uh, So this week, this topic that we're talking about is in the production category. Uh, We're talking about a mindset shift from perks to price. But the reason why it's in the production category is because your mindset when it comes to this topic really determines how much you and your team can get done. Okay. The leader's mindset is going to determine how much you can get done. So let me preface this with, uh, I often ask new leaders or perhaps aspiring leaders who want to be a leader, why do you want to lead? And, and it's not uncommon, honestly, for me to find answers such as, oh, you know, I want better benefits. I, it's a pay raise. Uh, I want to be in charge, as a corner office, you know, whatever perk there is, right? Now, I think some of you can understand, uh, especially those of you who have been around a little bit longer, you understand, ah, uh, if somebody answers this way, they're not ready for leadership, right? Because they're really focusing on the perks of leadership and not really the price of leadership. So I want to kind of be clear about those for a minute. When you're focused on the perks, because some of you, you can listen to that answer and say, oh yeah, that's definitely not me. However, maybe these four things might be you. They're different questions. So really you, I would highly encourage that you sit down and you write these four questions out. Uh, I'm actually going to give you four questions for perks and four questions for the price. Write them out and do some self-evaluation around this. So when you're focusing on the perks, the questions that people ask are, what will I get, right? What am I going to get out of this? Or how will this decision affect me? Or how long is this thing going to take? Or, you know, what are you going to give me if I do it? So think about this. Have you ever had employees who've said that? Right? You're you're getting ready to um do do some new change, and you hear questions like, Well, what am I gonna get out of it? Or how how is this gonna affect me? Right? Then you know those are like warning, warning, warning. They're really um focused on the perks. Okay. These are also great indicators when people start to ask you these questions. They're excellent indicators that they are more on the seagull side. Then the eagle side, remembering eagles are our high performers, right? And seagulls are, are, they can grow into high performers, but they might not be there yet. Okay. Um, A great example of this, I sit on several different boards. Some of them are at my more local level. Some of them are more um, state or regional level. And I was on a board, it was an educational board that was servicing the whole county I don't know, this was maybe four or five years ago, and there was one consistent board member. Now, for this particular board especially, but I think all boards in particular, the essence of a board as they're serving their community is that each person comes, and they're not coming from your own perspective, right? So your your, your own personal individual self, not even from your own individual organization, But what we're trying to do is bring voices with us. So the people that we're serving, you know, in their varied backgrounds and experiences and and needs, how can we bring their voices to the table so that when the full board is making the decision, it's not about maybe the 10 or 12 people that are sitting at the table, but it's about all the people that we're serving, right? That's in, in essence what a board is trying to do. Now, this particular person, uh, she just was not grasping that and she would show up and it was all about either what she wanted or what her agency and organization wanted. It wasn't even really about her people. And it definitely wasn't about all the people that the whole board represented. Now, this know made it very difficult to to work with her within the board uh made it very difficult for the leader of the board to honestly work with her and at the first opportunity she was released from her position because quite frankly she wasn't doing her job but that's a great example of how somebody in a leadership position is focused too much on the perks And maybe her perks weren't, you know, the corner office or what I'm going to get out of this, but it really was, you know, here we are talking about a lot of money that we're going to send out into into the community. And she wanted it all for herself, for her own organization. She wasn't really thinking about other people. So you can look at this a couple different ways. First of all, obviously yourself. Think about, you know, are there times when you're putting your wants and desires, not just needs, but your wants and desires above your people's. Uh, Are there times when you hear this from your own staff? Yeah. Okay. So great leaders don't focus on the perks. They focus on the price. So here are the four questions with price. What can I give How will this decision affect others? How far can we go? And what must I give to stay in the game? Okay. Now, I will be honest. I have not worked with many teams who are at this level where everybody on the team is is asking these questions. Uh, I, I, this retreat that I've just come back from in, in Idaho, it was with seven other site K facilitators. We've known each other for over a year now. Uh, I will say that as we were all together and thinking about not just our, our time together and our, our week, but really the, the work that we want to do going forward, this was the first group that I really felt was asking these price questions. So what can I give? So understanding that in the giving, you do receive, right? So if we give something, we just know we're going to get something back. It's just a given. And and the, the receiving doesn't have to be our focus, but the giving is more important. And I really want to clarify that it's giving and not sacrificing. Sacrificing is the notion that I'm giving something up that I would rather keep in order for someone else to have. We don't want to sacrifice as a leader. We want to freely give. Because the energy that you do something in is the energy it's received. If you have to sacrifice for your employee, they're going to feel it. But if you freely give of your time, energy, and resources for someone, they're going to feel that. And it's going to make a greater impact. So what can I give to my team today, right? And what can you freely give? So for example, maybe you've been a little under the weather and you're just low energy, right? What you can give on a low is very different than, you know, let's ride this wave of momentum. I can give a lot today. So what can you freely give? How is uh, the decision that you're making or the group going to make affect other people? So rather than just coming right in and making that decision and moving on, really thinking through wait, how is this going to affect everybody in our group? And and helping them in whatever way that that you can. We did a video a while ago. I can't remember the title of it, but if you go into the search engine and you search plan ahead, the plan ahead method of change will pop up. That's a nine-step change process. Honestly, most people, when I work with them in person and we go through this, this is a very popular lesson. So search plan ahead and it will teach you exactly how you go about making these changes with the, your people in mind. Okay. And then how how far can we go, right? Not how long is this going to take for us to get there, but like how far can we go? This is really a, a growth question, right? So if you're, you know, learning something new as a team, instead of saying, okay, by this date, we're going to be done with this. Say, I wonder how far we can go with this. I love John Maxwell's story of when he was a, a pastor. That's, that's kind of his, his background. That's how he got started. His father was a pastor. His father, Melvin, by the way, is just an amazing man. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away about a year ago, but he was amazing. Um, and so John was a pastor and he was starting out in his leadership journey and he realized he wanted to focus on leadership. So he was putting a lot of time and effort into it, reading the books, getting mentors. And, uh, he thought, okay, how far is it going to, or how long is it going to take me to get, you know, to be like a, a master leader? Right. And he said, somewhere along the line, he had this shift in understanding and realizing, Oh, it's not about, how long is it going to take me to get to that point? But how far can I go? How much can I really learn about leadership? So fast forward, what, almost 40 years later, and John is still learning about leadership. He's still having regular conversations with leaders, still writing books, still out there speaking new content. Actually, here in a few weeks, I'm going to be with John in Orlando. And the one thing I love about our team events is that he always shares his new material with us. And He calls it, uh, take the dog out for a walk, see what happens. Right. Um, so he'll share his new material with us and we get to give him feedback on it. Yes, this worked. No, this didn't work, you know, that kind of thing. So that's always exciting. But I think it's awesome that after all these years, John is not done and he's made the commitment until my dying day, I will continue to learn about leadership. How far can we go? And what must I give in order to stay in the game? So it's not just giving to your team, but this is also a question of what do you need to do to up level, right? So that you're constantly growing. You know, we haven't talked about the law of the lid in quite some time, but basically the law of the lid says that um, your leadership ability creates a lid on your organization and the people that you serve can only go up to that lid, right? So think about you know, your ability to communicate well, to build relationships well, to learn about the things that we talk about in this group and apply them, that's like the ceiling, right? And your people can only go as far as your ceiling. They can't go any higher. And this is why we talk about your eagles so much because your egos will get up to that ceiling and then they're gonna require more of you. And if you wanna keep those eagles, and you don't change, guess what's going to happen? They're going to fly away. They're going to find another organization that will help them continue to grow, okay? So what do you have to do in order to consistently and constantly grow so that the people in your organization can do the same? Now, new leaders really focus on the perks, right? Mature, and I would say, maybe I'm going to coin a new phrase, reflectively experienced leaders (laughs) focus on the price that they have to pay to grow themselves and others. So it's not just, um, uh, the reason why I said mature and reflectively experienced is you can be in a leadership position for many years. Doesn't make you a mature leader. And it doesn't mean that you have reflected on your experience. Okay but those that do often focus on the price that they have to pay in order to grow themselves and others now everything uh worthwhile is going to include an uphill battle or maybe maybe i don't even like the term battle uphill travel okay so most people uh i love how how john does this um this teaching but he talks about you want the uphill things, right? So you you want to have, um, you know, really strong employees or staff members. You want your team to be working really well. You want communication to be good, right? These are all uphill concepts. Uh, Even in your personal life, you know, you want to be healthy, wealthy, wise, um, good relationships, right? That all happens uphill. It's not like somebody ever accidentally climbed a mountain, right? That's not, you can't do that. If you want the things that are higher in your life, you're going to have to climb uphill. However, most people have downhill habits, right? So let's say you want to learn more about leadership and you commit to reading one chapter in a book every day, but yet your downhill habit is sitting in front of the TV at night. What are you going to do? Right? Right. You want something that's going uphill, but you have a downhill habit. This is why we talk about if you're going to be a great leader, you're going to have to pay a price somewhere. And again, it doesn't mean that you're sacrificing something. You just have to make it a a priority. That's why I absolutely love that that you all have chosen to be a part of the Empowered Leaders Group because you've made that commitment that leadership is so important to you and to the people that you serve that you want to put aside the time to at least, you know, check in with the lesson every week, uh, maybe jump on the zooms when we have them and, and really talk it through. Another key factor here is that you have to climb the hill first. You know, there's a lot of times when we look at what's wrong with our team or what's wrong with, you know, this project or program we're working on. And we, we forget that we have to do the work first when I am working with a team and a leader calls me in and they want to do some strategic planning or they want to work on vision or mission, I will often get them thinking about what do you think, you know, some of the things are that might come up in this plan or, or with the mission and vision. And oftentimes, you know, they'll, they'll come up with maybe some character things, right? Like we need to work on, um, you know, good communication or we need to work on one group said honesty, We're lying to each other. We're cheating here. We need to be honest with each other. And so I will usually kind of, you know, set aside a good amount of time where I'm doing some one-on-one coaching with the leader and whatever change they're looking to initiate, we work on together because the leader has to do the work himself. And there's a couple of reasons why, but number one, one of the, I guess, bedrock characteristics of a leader is that you don't ask other people to do something that you wouldn't do for yourself. Okay. This is why I always say, if you're a coach, you need a coach because you're, you know, you're coaching people, but you don't have one yourself. You're out of, out of alignment. You're out of integrity. Okay. So you, you, you have to do it first. Another reason why is because There are some times where you're going to require your people to do some real, you know, deep digging and and, um, move through some really tough stuff. I think about what has happened with COVID-19 and all of the changes, especially in education, uh, in the business world that we've had to make. And some of those decisions have been really, really tough and required a lot of the people. And you need to go through that change first. You need to climb the hill first so that you know what it feels like. So you have more compassion for your people because when they're going to go through this change, it's not just about in- enacting that change. It's about walking them through it, being their guide. So you've got to climb the hill first. And consistency. Oh my goodness. I cannot say enough about consistency. Listen, I know consistency is not one of those, uh, sexy qualities or characteristics, right? Um, but but consistency saves the day. Okay. You have to climb consistently. So what that means is, you know, if, again, if you want to be a a great leader, uh, one of the things I did way back when, when I was starting this leadership journey is I committed to one chapter a day. When I became a school administrator, I was also, uh, finishing up my master's. I was pregnant. I had a two-year-old and four-year-old. Uh, I was driving down to U of M all the time. My mom was actually in the process of, of passing away. My husband was out of town for six months for, um, a, a training for his new job. And I was, you know, working full time. All of this was happening at the same time for many months. And I knew I needed to still learn about leadership. And so I made the commitment. I, there weren't really, uh, uh the, audible wasn't a thing back then, or, or would have made it easier, but I made a commitment. I was going to read one chapter of a leadership book every single day and put it into practice. And I did. And I kept that habit up year after year after year after year. So I have hundreds of books that I've read throughout the years and I've been able to really implement those practices because I just read one chapter a day. That's it. So think about that. What are some things that you can do consistently that can help you get to where you want to go. Uh, Also make, make this idea of climbing and growing a norm, right? So one of the things when I was an administrator, we had our values and growth was huge. Actually, I had to let an employee go before because she actually was not on board with growing at all. And it got to a point once when I was like, listen, you know, Is there any area of your life that you want to grow in? Is there a personal goal that you want to work on anything? And she was not even up for that. And I just said, you know, that that's a really important goal here for us. And and so I'm just going to have to let you go. And that was hard for me and hard for her. But she needed to understand that's how important it is here. So if you make it a norm that everybody's working on something, uh, we had monthly staff meetings where everybody came and they were required to report something that they had learned in an area that they were growing in. Uh, it, it gives this sense of security when you need to make a change, especially if you've got a really big change coming that's going to make a lot of uh, impact. Everybody's used to this idea of growth and change, and they know that we're going to be adapting. So if you prime them, you give them a sense of security. Also, if you're consistent, this establishes your reputation. I had a boss one time, I kid you not, and maybe you've had this too, where I would go in and, and on the ride into work, I was like, who's going to show up today? Is it going to be the nice version of the boss? Is it going to be the really mean version of the boss? Is she going to fire somebody today because she's angry? Um, you know, she, she wore a pair of red boots when she was in a mood. And so when we would come in, that's what everybody would do. We would look to see, does she have her red boots on today? Because if so, how can I hide? Right. When you are consistent, especially with your, um, your personality, your character, your people have a sense of security, and it establishes your reputation that not only do you show up as the same person every day, but you are consistently growing. And there are people outside of you, you know, your, your bosses and other people that see that and they you'll have more opportunities. Uh, also, if you stay consistent in these little tiny things, it sets you up to take advantage of momentum so that when, you know, you're, you're in a place of, of high momentum, everybody's on a high, you know, natural highs and lows, you can take advantage of momentum much better than other people who could. I cannot tell you how many uh, times I've had opportunities pop up when I was in a time of momentum to share. Uh, I was at, a, a um, a conference, this was maybe six years ago and I had already been doing a lot of speaking and training And I had, uh, you know, I don't even know, hundreds of presentations on this little USB drive. And I had done a a breakout session and I decided since I had like a three hour drive home, I would go ahead and stay for lunch. I was debating about whether I was going to stay for the keynote or not, depending on how I, I felt, having great conversations with people at my table, just enjoying the day. And one of the conference organizers came up and said, hey, can I talk to you real quick? And I said, well, yeah, sure. So she pulled me aside and she said, Hey, um, the, the keynote presenter got stuck at the airport, um, and she's not going to make it. Is there anything that you can do to help us? And I said, well, sure. What can I, you know, what, what would you like me to talk about? And they were pretty much like, Hey, we don't care. We just need somebody. And so I asked a couple questions about some things and I said, give me about five minutes. And I, I sat down, I came up with an outline, uh, based on this audience that I knew and I said, okay, yeah, I'm ready. Give me-. And she said, good, you're on in 15. Awesome. Great. I was able to plug into their computer and do a really great presentation for, I think it was about 300 people in the room. And I had a ton of fun doing it. We all had a lot of laughs. It was, it was a great time, but that's a great um, example of being consistent. I had consistently presented hundreds of trainings and given, I don't even know how many keynote presentations and I was prepared. And so when an opportunity arises because I was consistent before, I didn't have to do anything else extra. It was just a, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. You can get this way too, where when you are consistent, an opportunity presents itself. And now you come to the forefront and people are like so amazed at what you do, right? This is the compounding Uh, effective consistency. So, you know, practicing isn't amazing. Studying isn't amazing. Showing up isn't amazing. Working hard isn't amazing. Asking questions isn't amazing. Changing isn't amazing. Trying, failing, and trying again isn't amazing. None of those things are amazing. Okay? Some people would look at it and say that that's really boring. However, that is the price that you pay every day to lead, to influence. And yes, you gain some perks in the process. If you pay the price, the final results are amazing. If you don't pay the price and and be consistent and, uh, you know, focus on what can I give? How can I show up in a better way? How can I grow so my people can grow? if you're not focused on that, if you're only focused on the perks, you personally will never get your stuff done and your people will never get their stuff done either. You will never be able to produce at the high level that you're needed to in order to really get up to the level four leadership, which is where, where the coaching really comes into effect, right? You'll never be able to move your team where you need to go unless you're focusing on growing giving freely and being consistent, okay? All right, hey, I really hope that this has uh, got you to think today, uh, that that cost shift, changing your perspective on that. Uh, so one of the things that I thought of as far as homework is what are the things that you are currently consistent in? Now, don't tell me you're not. You are consistent in something. So think about the habits that you have. Maybe your habit is is spending too much time in front of the TV at night, then you're consistent. Uh, Maybe your habit is, uh, I was talking to somebody last night and he's like, man, I just love eating potato chips in bed at night. All right, that's pretty consistent, okay? Uh, For me, before I had my, my little injury a few weeks ago, walking every day, I was very consistent, okay? So examine what are the things that you're currently really consistent at. And then ask yourself, what are the things you want to be more consistent at? Okay. And then just ask yourself, you know, there's something in the middle. There's, there's the, what you have currently, there's what you want that you don't, you might not have. What one step can you take to be more consistent to get the things that you want? Okay. And you may even want to think about this and, and just maybe bring this up to your team. What are some things that we need to be more consistent at? Right. Look at the current problems or challenges that you have and say, how can we really boost up our consistency level so that we can make progress in this area? All right. Hey, thank you for joining me today. I hope this got you thinking and that you're um, ready to be more consistent. Uh, Again, I know that that's not a a sexy quality or characteristic, but I, I am of the firm heart that consistency is the only thing anything ever gets done. And the only way that you can ever truly be ready for any opportunity that presents itself. So with that in mind, I release you into the wild, go forth and prosper, have an amazing day, and we'll catch you next time. All right, bye-bye.